5719. And now, here's your host, Kevin Conover. Bring your time. Welcome to Educate for Life. I'm your host, Kevin Conover. My website's educateforlife.org. And you can check out all kinds of apologetic resources on there. Um, I, I just got back from the Awana camp last week. Uh, got to be able to hang out with all the Awana Honors uh, Academy participants at the camp up in Idlewild. It was a lot of fun with uh, Michael Sims and Tim Sandval. Had a really good time with those guys, and uh, it was just a big blessing. Um, so we're back in town here, and uh, day after 4th of July, I hope you guys had a good 4th, celebrating our independence and our freedoms. One of those big freedoms is freedom of religion, and uh, we're very grateful for the people who who considered sacrificing their lives so that we could have that freedom. It's absolutely uh, phenomenal, and we are very blessed to live in a country where we have the freedom to share the gospel, which brings me to my guest today. I have on the air with me Dr. Anthony Silvestro and Pastor Andrew Rappaport. And uh, these guys just got back from uh, the Ambassadors Academy with Ray Comfort and Living Waters. Is that right, guys? Yep. Yeah. That's right. correct. Okay. So um, uh, why don't we start off a little bit about where you guys are coming from, what your angle is. Um, everybody has a testimony. Um, uh, Pastor Andrew, why don't you share with us? I read your, your uh, testimony. It's an amazing testimony sad, uh, but at the same time, God uses our pains to bring about good things, right? Yeah, so I come from a Jewish background. Uh, actually, this past week, I actually was the first time I got to meet someone that can identify with my background. His parents actually fully disowned him, uh, cut him out of the will. Uh, my parents actually... When, when they, he became a Christian. When he became a Christian. Yeah. When I became a Christian. Actually, I became a Christian two years before I said anything uh, to anybody, so I was a really bold witness yeah, <laughs> for a yeah. while. No, I um because they, the response from a Jewish family is often was pretty... gonna it, it, well actually the response that I knew they would have is what they did have they went and casket shopping and they were going again I'm sorry casket shopping they were going to bury an empty casket whoa and I was going to be dead to them I would be completely cut off as if I don't exist how and old were you when that happened that, I was 18 years old okay and so it was a thing where there was we had an incident that happened in our family and my my dad actually said that's what prevented him from going through with it and but he then turned around and said but i'm not paying for any more of your college education if you're going to continue with this and i had already expected that that's why i was in rtc oh. and he never wanted any of his boys to be in military because he almost got killed in the in the military and so he didn't want his boys in military so he actually decided to finish paying that but we didn't have a you know we had a very strange relationship until really about uh when i was 47 i tried sharing uh, the gospel with him again, um, and he, he hauled off and struck me. He used to be a Golden Gloves boxer, so at 72, he still had a really good right hook. <laughs> wow. And, and so he, he actually punched you. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, my goodness. Uh, it's the only two times I've ever been hit sharing the gospel, and I do I do it in the on the streets of New York City. Yeah. The only time I've ever been hit was my mother at 18 and my father at 47. Whoa. And uh, so what happened was a couple years later, we're at Thanksgiving again, and I've always been kind of the black sheep of the family, and w- basically my wife's you know, was thanking my dad for son he had done and was just explaining how the two of us had met and got by God's providence. I'm just walking by hearing this story and she's saying how she bought some food for me. Not a big deal. But I just walked by and told, said, oh, I don't think dad ever knew I was homeless. And she's like, oh, I wasn't going to say that. And we just walked on. Next day he was crushed. I mean, here's a guy who has the resources to take care of me. I mean, we're we're talking a very well-to-do individual. Yeah. And he he realized that, you know, our, our relationship was so strained that uh, I was literally living out of a car and 
wouldn't go to him. Wow. So that is uh, amazing. Now, is he still living today? He's yeah. still alive yeah. today. Yeah. He's going to, he'll, uh, he'll have his 80th birthday coming up beginning of next year. Uh huh. So we're and, still praying for him. Yeah. Still praying for him. Um, okay. I mean, a, a huge, huge thing for, and this may not seem like a huge thing, but for us it is, uh, he, when I gave him for his birthday, I gave him a Josephus works, which yeah. he returned to me shrink wrapped. It's a Jewish figure, a Jewish historian. You like reading history. That'd be yeah. great. Yeah. He, he returned it to me unopened. Um, but what ended up happening is I gave him a copy of my book, What Do They Believe? And he actually has it in his, on his shelf in his library. He kept it. Uh, and this is in the last couple of years that I was able to give it to him. And he actually sh- was showing it to someone. So you have to understand, it may not seem like a big deal, but when to his friends admitting his son wrote a book and is a Christian. Yeah, that's a huge. Pretty big deal. Yeah. yeah. Well, okay. And so, uh, Pastor, you're the you're the author of the book. What do they believe? That uh, focuses on six major world religions and exactly what they believe. So, for our listeners out there, if they want to pick up a copy of that book, they can get it off your website. And um, your website is strivingforeternity.org, right? That is correct. Okay. And then uh, you also run a Christian podcast community.org, which we'll talk more to our listeners about and let them know about too. Um, Doctor Silvestro, um, you. You uh, used to actually be an evolutionist, and today you're a creationist. So you guys have pretty two uh, wild backgrounds that are very completely contrary to where you are today. He evolved. (laughs) He evolved. That's right. Okay. So so uh, break that down for our listeners. What uh, what, did you grow up in a Christian family, and and what was the progression here? I, I did not. I grew up in a Catholic family. And it was one of those, we considered ourselves a good Catholic family because we didn't go just two times a year, Easter and Christmas. We also went on Palm Sunday. Okay. You, know, you, <laughs> you had to get your palms to fold it into a cross, right? Yeah, you yeah. keep it on your, your wall all year to get the next set of palms the next year. There you go. So I actually think we attended church more for weddings than we did actually going to church throughout the year. Yeah. So having said that, obviously, I didn't believe in the real Jesus. And while I did pray growing up, it wasn't. It wasn't at the forefront of my mind growing up. And so I lived a life being unsaved through high school, college, and dental school. And it was shortly after I graduated from dental school that uh, God exposed me to my sins and ended up getting saved. But there's still a lot in the past that was there. So I was a math and chemistry double major. I was steeped into secular science and evolution. And I even remember after I got saved, I was I was brutal to my wife's friends who were who believed the Bible. They said God created about six thousand years ago, but they couldn't defend it. Mm. And so I I bludgeoned them every chance I could get. Oh wow! <laughs> and then just a few years after this, and then God God got the final uh, final word here. He, <laughs> how do you write a book uh, proving yourself wrong? That's right. <laughs> well, I'll t- I'll tell you how this happens. Yeah. So we ended up going down to the Creation Museum on accident. We were yeah. passing through to go down accident. to him by accident, God's yeah. providence. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> At the time, I thought it was an accident. Yeah. We went to the Creation Museum, and after spending several hours there and an hour with Dr. Jason Lyle, oh, who, wow. who uh, spent some time with me. Yeah, he's been I, on my radio program, too. He was actually the very first person I interviewed on my uh, podcast and radio program. So uh, that's, that's wonderful. Awesome. Yeah. So, yeah, he's, he's, he's uh, something big for me. He's a... A, a big scientist in my life. Yeah, you're going to have a harder time uh, debating with him than you would, you know, your your neighbor down the street or whatever, right? Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> so I literally walked out of the museum telling my wife, I think I have to rethink everything I've ever learned. <laughs> that's great. And that's exactly what happened. And so the research I started to do, the reading I started to do, 
ended up getting me to start teaching in churches in the area. And eventually, a few years later, I spun off the book in part due to that research. That's fantastic. Yeah, I was telling uh, for our listeners, uh, Dr. Silvestro here, he wrote this book on the origin of kinds. And we titled the podcast this because, uh, you know, the the uh, Darwin's original book was on the origin of species. But if you understand the creation evolution debate, you know that creationists believe that kinds, the families, right? There's change within kinds, but there's not change from one kind to another. And so um, I want to give you a chance to explain this more. You have the subtitle, By Means of Creator God and the Preservation of Souls in the Struggle for Eternity. That's really cool. I, I love this uh, title. So um, very interesting story. So for our listeners, uh, tell us where you're at currently as far as the ministry you're doing and what you're, um, what you're working on. And by the way, uh, Pastor Andrew actually wrote the foreword to the book, and uh, yeah, I want to know how you guys met too, and, and uh, you're kind of working together now also, so that's really cool. So uh, tell us a little bit more about where you're at currently with uh, ministry and what you're trying to achieve. Well, our biggest thing is trying to get into churches to be able to teach. Yeah. A lot of parachurch ministries want to come into churches as the authority in certain subjects, and they want churches to rely on that parachurch ministry forever in terms of being able to continue to teach where our model is to come into churches and equip the people there, equip the pastor there, equip teachers there, so that they can continue to teach their church mm. and they can continue to propagate. It's it's really the discipleship model that we see in the Bible. Yeah, absolutely. And then Pastor uh, Rappaport, how did you uh, meet meet uh, Dr. Silvestro? Well, we, uh, it'd be better for you to tell that part. I mean, when we first met or when we, when we really got to know each other, so... Uh, you could tell when we first met, but really quick, it, it was uh, he came to one of our events that we do in Ohio. Uh, we do an equip Ohio, train people to basically go out and evangelize and yeah. we take them out evangelizing. He came to the event, was very encouraged, and um, basically, uh, you know, we met there. We then did a conference together, you know, a smaller event together, and I realized he had a, a lot of, you know, raw potential, shall we say, but, um, you know, it was just something where, you know, I being, hate to admit it, I'm the older one. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, we, we are a discipling ministry. I figured, you know, bring him under us as we were doing with discipling guys so that they could be further in their own ministries. Um, it didn't work that way. He, he just became part of us. Um, but really what it was is so that he wouldn't make the same mistakes that I had made starting out in ministry. That's awesome. And that's a really cool uh, story because that we need more of that in the church. We're coming up on a quick break here. But uh, if you're listening today, my guests are Dr. Anthony Silvestro and Pastor Andrew Rappaport, and uh, they both have ministries. You can check them out. Um, his book, uh, Dr. Silvestro's book, on the origin of kinds.com, if you want to check that out. And then uh, we're also looking at um, strivingforeternity.org if you want to see what they're doing, if you want to support them, if you want to get involved with what they're doing. All great opportunities. So stay with us. We're going to be right back. Luke 
Gibson of LG Equipment supports Educate for Life with Kevin Conover. Luke grew up in the construction industry and now serves LG's commercial and residential customers throughout Southern California. Whether you need grading, paving, hauling, demolition, on-site bulk water service, water trucks, tankers, and towers, call LG Equipment at 619-998-0924. Learn more at lgequipment.com. 619-998-0924. Hey, thanks for listening today. This is Educate for Life. I'm your host, Kevin Conover. I hope you've enjoyed uh, the program so far. Uh, I've got two amazing guys on the program. Before I, I hop back to them... Um, I actually am speaking at Calvary Chapel Oceanside tonight at 7 p.m. on the scientific foresight in the Bible. So uh, we got three people here who whose uh, jobs are to defend the Bible. And uh, so uh, Dr. Um, Dr. Silvestro, uh, you, you titled the book. I wanted to ask you about this. Um, you said in, in your description of the book that there's three things that you're doing. There's not a book like this that covers presuppositional apologetics, evangelism, and then also creation evidences. So can you explain, um, I think people know generally what creation evidences are. They know what the gospel is, but a lot of people don't know what presuppositional apologetics is. And how do you blend those in the book, if you could, for our listeners? Yes, yeah, so what we did unique in this book is, is I would consider myself a presuppositionalist. So there are some guys out there that think that we can take evidences and pile up pile on evidence upon evidence upon evidence to to get somebody to believe in theism and then hopefully the right God yeah. in the long run. I would take a different approach. I would say, wait a minute, the very reason that you can use your senses and talk with me right now, the ability for you to have reason in order to talk with me right now is because God exists, and because and- you're made in his image. Okay, and if somebody said to you, yeah, but I don't believe in God, I believe we just evolved, uh, how, how would you respond to somebody who said something like that? This happens all the time on the streets. And yeah. so, th- so this is what I would do. I, I will ask the person, okay, so you believe you evolved. That means you believe that through billions of chemical reactions, random chemical reactions, doing nothing but obeying laws of chemistry and physics. Now, of course, I'm not going to ask you where those laws of chemistry and physics came from first. Just We're going to assume that they're already there. But you believe that through all these billions of years and billions of chemical reactions that you went from pond scum or dirt or whatever to you today. Is that correct? And they would answer me yes every time they do. So that means you're standing here as a bag of random chemical reactions doing nothing but obeying the laws of chemistry and physics, right? Yep, that, that's me. That's right. Okay, Mr. Evolutionist, explain to me how you're having a conversation with me right now. How are you controlling your words while we're talking when you've already told me that that everything that's going on in this mixed bag of chemical reactions is doing nothing but obeying the laws of chemistry and physics. We have a breakdown here in logic. And so that's how I'd walk somebody through it. Yeah. The reality is, is that they can't justify their ability to use reason if they're just a bag of random chemical reactions. And, doing... the, and, the, and your, the reasoning for this is that uh, they're just a cause and effect machine if they're just a product of chemistry and physics. Is that what you're saying? That's, you want to add something to that? Well, I was going to just say, I mean, chemical reactions, I mean, take baking soda and vinegar. Yeah. Is it morally right or wrong when you mix them? It's neither. It's just a chemical reaction. Yeah. 
It's non-thinking processes. Correct. It's only going to produce a material thing. And the easiest way to understand the presuppositional argument is what we're speaking of is immaterial things, truth, knowledge, laws of logic, concepts. My voice is giving sound, but you're understanding what I'm saying because you have the concept of what the words mean and how they sound. Those are immaterial. You can't have that in a material world. I mean, the thing is, is, and one of the things Dr. Special will always bring up, I'm surprised he didn't start with this, is the reality is this. Everyone knows God exists. So when someone comes up to us and says, well, I don't believe God exists, I, my response is, I'm sorry, God disagrees with you and he knows you better. Romans chapter 1 says that everybody is without excuse. Mm. They all have the knowledge of God. Yeah. That's Romans 1. Romans chapter 2 says they all have a conscience. They know right from wrong. Therefore, they're without excuse. So when they come to us and say, well, I don't believe there's God, sorry, God doesn't agree with you. Yeah. Now, do you use that on a regular basis? Like when you're out, like you you were just uh, this last week with um, the ambassadors uh, group, uh, do you use this when you're talking on the streets to somebody? I use it all the time. Yeah. Because many people come up to you and say, I don't believe God exists. And you know what I found has worked in a lot of cases is I'll just look somebody directly in the eyes. I'll change my entire countenance. I'll change how my voice is. And I'll say, look, you and I both know God exists. What happens? And I've had people burst out into tears on the spot going from a normal, you know, uh, a normal vitriolic type person as they're speaking to you, burst out into tears. I've had other people all of a sudden get quiet and now pull you off to the side and have a conversation with you. And I will tell you almost everybody I've talked to that says they don't believe God exists they had something tragic happen in their mm, life. Mm. Yes, it's one of the things that you and I find often is when you have these guys that are hardcore atheists, yeah. I'll usually just ask them, what church did you grow up in? And it's amazing because almost every time, I've only had once out of probably thousands of times yeah. where someone didn't tell me some incident that either they were in a legalistic church or something happened in church or they're, they're rebelling against their parents. It's, it's usually one of those three. It's, we went out to, in Cleveland, uh, Ohio, to after there was a, a gay pride parade. We didn't go for that. It was actually sure. over. We were out sharing the gospel, and it was amazing how many people wanted to argue that they were Christian or they grew up Christian. And I just asked them, so tell me about your family background. And almost every time, they're rebelling against their parents, and this is like the greatest way that they could show their rebellion. Mm. And so what do you do when when you're talking to somebody? Because I've experienced that all the time also. What do, you, what do you say to somebody who that's where they're going? It's really more about, hey, I'm rebelling. Um, how, how do you get through that hard heart or that uh, heart that's uh, grown bitter over time because of uh, tragedy in their life? What, what do you do? Well, as we read in the Bible, the gospel is the power of God and salvation. Mm. And so I'm going to go right back into evangelistic mode at this point. Now, of course, I'm going to see where they're coming from. I'm going to talk to them about it. And, and oftentimes what we're going to have to bring up is why is there bad? Why is there good and bad in this world? Why did bad things happen to you? Mm-hmm. And so there's some things usually break down, right? One of the biggest questions out there is, why do bad things happen to good people? Yeah. Which, as we know, is a loaded question here as apologists, right? Yeah. So we have to walk through, where do we get an understanding of good and bad from? Uh, that nobody is actually good, according to the Bible. And uh, the bad that they've suffered is a result of the fallen world that we live in mm. and, the, and the human nature, the sin nature that we have going all the way back to Adam and Eve. Yeah. And I'm a, as a pastor, I come at it, you know, because I'm, I'm going to be more of the counselor. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. 
But here's the thing that I'm going to end up doing. When I sit and I, I'm talking with him, trying to find out what's going on, I'm going to try to counsel him clearly with the gospel. But it's also a perception issue that they have. I remember one gentleman in New York City, he was, he was like, oh, well, there, there isn't a God. Well, how do, why do you say there is no God? He's like, because if there was a God, I prayed as I was a child. And I, he didn't answer my prayers. I was like, what, what prayers didn't he answer? He's like, well, I have this handicap. I'm, you know, I'm mentally challenged, and it makes me have to work harder than everyone else. I said, so what, what do you do for work? He was a vice president of his company. Wow. And I said, so let me get this straight. You had to work harder than everybody else. He's like, yeah, in school? Yeah, I, you know, I didn't have it as easy as everyone. I said, let me ask you a question. If you didn't have to work as hard as everybody else, would you be the vice president of your company? And it was like the light bulb went off with him. Yeah. And he suddenly realized, wait, there's a different perspective of this. I said, so realistically, God actually was you could have been using this thing in your life to get you to where you are today. Yeah. You're very proud of where you're at today. But where you're re- rejecting him, he was actually using struggle in your life to get you to where you would never be on your own. And that was like a changing point. So sometimes I'm going to, because of the, the counseling background, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to deal with that sometimes. Totally. And I mean, that's very common is uh, I think that it's true that a lot of times our perspective on the difficult things that are happening in our life, if we were to see through God's eyes, he'd be go, wait, you just got to have some patience to see what I'm making you into. Right. So, I mean, that's all throughout scripture. So that's pretty phenomenal. Um, so you put, you pack all of that into this book here, huh? That's right. Uh, okay. So what can somebody expect to get out of this when they, if they, if they buy this book off of uh, striving for eternity dot, dot org, um, or the other website, wh- what are the, what would they expect to get out of this book? Well, there's several things similar to when you walk into the creation museum in Kentucky, Ken Ham's museum there. Yeah. The first room when you walk into the walk through history is, a dinosaur fossil and two different scientists looking at it. You've got a creation scientist and you have a secular scientist looking at the exact same evidence, but come to completely different conclusions because their presuppositions are different. Their worldview is different. Mm -hmm. So in this book, the first chapter is going to be in regards to worldviews. We're going to teach the correct biblical worldview and guess where that starts at the beginning of Genesis. Yeah, that's critical, right? Right. And this is the whole uh, thing that's happening right now in the church with a lot of Christians saying, hey, I'm an evolutionist, um, and you can be an evolutionist, and you can be a Christian too. Um, so I, don't want, I didn't want to interrupt you there, but um, keep going where you're going. And I want to pick up with that when we come back on our next segment is what's the whole thing, you know, this big fight over evolution and Christianity. Absolutely. So we start off the book with, with this worldview issue. We walk through the beginning of Genesis, what happens in the beginning of Genesis, and then the rest of the book is really meant it meant to get the evangelist their mind correct in how we are going out to evangelize, how to get the logic right. And so we want to teach people a lay-level presupposition apologetics. Most of the presup books that are out there are very difficult to understand. Yes, yes. And this was my, this was my initial problem with presupposition. I read uh, Greg Bonson's book, and <laughs> I was like, how am I going to use this to share with the, the guy down on the street, you know? Um, I go down every month down and pass out hot dogs and water and we share the gospel with people. And uh, I was just like trying to do presuppositional and I'm like, whoa, these people are not understanding what I'm saying at all, you know? So uh, a lay level, um, let's let's pause right there and uh, that's a good tease for our people. When we come back, we'll talk about how to use presuppositional apologetics uh, on a real basic level that's not real uh, academic, but uh, something that the, the average person on the street can uh, understand. So stay with us. My guests today are Dr. Anthony Silvestro and Pastor uh, Pastor Andrew Rappaport. 
And uh, these guys are both evangelists and uh, have awesome ministries. So stay with us. We'll be right back. This is Jason Hall, president of Team Home Loans, a branch of Synergy One Lending. I just want to take this opportunity to thank Kevin Conover for the profound impact he's had on mine and my wife's spiritual life, as well as being an incredible teacher while our kids were his students. His knowledge and passion have taught us all how important it is to be defenders of our faith. It's our honor and privilege to support Kevin and his show. It is our sincere hope and prayer that you will continue to learn to be defenders of your faith through Kevin's radio show and through his Educate for Life teachings. Thank you, Kevin, from the Hall family and Team Home Loans. Thanks for being here today. You're on Educate for Life Radio. We're in Southern California. And uh, if you're listening locally, we're on FM 106.1 in North County, and we're on AM 1210 K praise uh, down here in uh, the kind of the middle of San Diego, East County area. And uh, thanks for tuning in for being with us today. If you're watching on YouTube, you can see us all uh, on the uh, on the stream here. And uh, I've got some wonderful guests here, uh, both good looking guys, and uh, <laughs> and uh, and uh, so you need glasses, Doctor. I got a good face for radio. <laughs> Doctor Anthony Silvestro is um, uh, has degrees in math and chemistry from Baldwin Wallace College. He attended Ohio State University College of Dentistry, and uh, he's actually, you've given up dentistry a bit. You're still uh, hanging on a little bit, but you're moving into full-time ministry. Is that right? That's right. So my wife and I, we felt several years ago yeah. that we were being drawn to ministry more, and we ended up for two and a half years really planning it out, how we were going to have our exit strategy. So she ran the office. I was the dentist there, and, and we've worked together for many years. Yeah. We finally sold it at the end of October. And so now I, I stick around, I work one or two days a week. That's and, great. Uh, and enjoy doing that. That's really cool. Yeah. And then Pastor um, Andrew, how long have you been doing ministry for? Oh, that gives away my age. We shouldn't go there. Okay. <laughs> uh, I, I, so we were at the Ambassadors Academy. You got more I, hair than I, I do, yeah, man. So. I, had, I had a gentleman who says, he's like, so how long have you been doing open air evangelism? Yeah. And I said, the, I, longer than I know, but the earliest I could date is 1992. And he goes, oh, so you've been doing this like for two years longer than I've been alive. And I was like, <laughs> oh, that hurts. Like, really? Hey. Um, yeah, I, I've been doing, I mean, I've been in, in ministry for a long time. Uh, I've been, um, my background's actually computer science. So, yeah. Uh, but you got saved when you were 18. And I, I, no, 16, actually. 16. I got saved when I was 16. I just didn't tell my, my parents found out by chance. Yeah. If you want to claim that, but really God's providence. Yeah. Um, they, they basically were going through my stuff when I came home from college and found a bunch of gospel tracks and things like that wow and freaked out and so when i came home from a friend's house <laughs> i was away for a couple of days i came home and it was they confronted you yeah it was it was and, and until it, it really turned ugly once my mother asked have you been baptized and when i said i was that's that's when she started slapping me wow um, yeah and that's a big thing so at what point did you decide um you know what I'm going to go out and I want to actually become in full-time ministry. How old were you when that happened? I, you know, I don't really know. I was just always, you know, after I got out of college, I got involved in a church. Yeah. And I just started putting in tons of hours. I don't sleep, 
So oh, okay, <laughs> um, yeah. Anyone that like the running joke, my wife made me for for her to agree to marry me. She said I had to sleep every night. Yeah, and so we've agreed on three hours of sleep a night. Ooh. Um, and so I've tried to keep that most nights. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> Not always, but uh, but yeah, it's just the way God's created me. I don't I don't require a lot of sleep. So I was, um, you know, I've been involved in church for years. Pastored uh, at a Chinese church. My wife is from Hong Kong. People always ask. Like, What's a good little Jewish boy doing in a Chinese church? I'm always from Hong Kong. That answers it. <laughs> so, do they? Is it in Chinese? It, we would have. We had a Chinese pastor, but I, I preached in English. Oh, okay. So we the English congregation was actually larger, unlike most Chinese churches. Yeah. But, so that's awesome. Yeah, we. I've been in. I've been doing open air and evangelism for you know evangelism for thirty years. Open air, or at least like a date back is ninety two. Wow, that's so. fantastic. So. Um, you wrote the foreword to the book here, uh, to Dr. Silvestre's book. So what did you write? What is different about this book compared to other yeah, books that are out there? There are a lot of books. I mean, you can get a whole ton of books from Answers in Genesis, ICR, all the creation ministries that will give you a background in creation science, which is really helpful. But it's helpful to the Christian. Mm. It doesn't really show you how to use it in evangelism, yeah. and definitely not in apologetics. That's why you see so many of people that get into creation ministries, they end up focusing on evidence. And the problem is the people we speak to, they don't have an evidence problem. Mm. They have a spiritual problem. Mm. And that's why we approach it from a presuppositional way. We both use a lot of Ray Comfort's outline. So what we we use the good person test style. Sure. But, but it, it fits with our, the style that I teach, Ambassador Evangelism, which is... Learn, you're asking good questions. He does that using humor, being polite, sure. things like that to disarm people, and then we get to to using the law. Here's the thing that you find is most people will focus, okay, you go to Ray Comfort or Living Waters, you're going to have a ton of information on how to evangelize. But they'll get into a little bit of apologetics, but it's not their expertise. Then you get, as you mentioned, Bonson, and there's others out there that have tried to, to make it easier to understand and it's it's for it's I don't understand why it's a hard thing to understand. It yeah. actually is quite simple. Yeah. The, what this book does is bring all three of those together, unlike any other book, because all the other books deal with them as stovepipes. You have you have either presuppositional apologetics, creation science, or evangelism. But these work together. And that's what this book does different than any other. It brings these together so you can see how when you're on the street and someone's challenging you how to answer it presuppositionally while having the creation support because really what's it, here's what's really at stake. This is why creation is a debate because people today, especially in the church, do not believe in the sufficiency of scripture. Mm. And that's what this does. The creation science is really for the Christian to, to be like, okay, I, the Bible is reliable. Yeah, it is and sufficient. It's sufficient. Yeah. And, we can use this in evangelism, but it's the thing is that this book will bring those three together so you can see in a conversation, and one of the chapters, Dr. Sester actually puts out a conversation, how he would walk through a very very common conversation that he has. Yeah. And you can see how the all three of them interplay with one another. That's really cool. It makes it very practical. Yeah, I always tell my students all the time, you know, look, if I prove to you that the flood actually happened, but I don't ultimately share the gospel, right? And I'm not able to communicate that effectively, then really I haven't done what I'm supposed to do. And so uh, it's it doesn't do anybody any good to keep, have all this head knowledge about why creation's true, but then actually not put it to good use, right? That's right. Yeah. So um, break this down for me. Why did you why did you choose on the origin, actually for our listeners, on the origin of kinds rather than on the origin of species? Well, 
Obviously, On the Origin of Species is a book written by Charles Darwin yeah. about 160 years ago, and he didn't understand animals properly, right? So from an evolutionary worldview that we believe, or they believe somehow things came together into a cell and everything has evolved from there. Yeah. And so speciation, as time goes on, would just be a natural um, progression of evolution. We take a different view. We look at what the Bible says. So in the beginning of Genesis, there's 10 different times it says that God created each kind or after its own kind or reproduce after its own kind. We never see one kind turning into another kind. And so as you stated in the beginning of the show, every created kind that God made, things can, things can adapt within that kind to different situations and environments, but you'll never see those turn into another kind yeah. somewhere else. Yeah, I was just having this conversation with a... Actually, it was a, a Jewish, a young Jewish kid. He was in his early 20s, and he was saying, I believe in evolution. I said, have you ever seen one kind of animal change or another? He said, no, nobody's ever seen it. It takes millions of years. And so then we're back to the whole, okay, well, that's not objective science there. But this is evidence-based, right? And so now we're back to the presuppositional. So I promised our listeners, even though we're running out of time here, but I promised our listeners that in this segment we would talk about um, presuppositional for the lay person. Uh, who wants to answer that? Well, I, I guess I can start. And, and so Pastor Andrew has already kind of laid some of the groundwork for us here. The biggest issue is, is how does somebody have an ability to reason? How do they have an ability to use laws of logic that can't be the product of, of a materialistic world? Yeah. And so when we're in a conversation with somebody and they're using their, their ability to reason, they have to be able to account for that. And they can't do it if they're just the they're the product of chance chemical reactions over time. Okay, now, if somebody, let's say you're talking with somebody here about this, and they, they say, I can reason because I can reason, and I don't need God to be able to reason. Why should I believe in God simply because, because I can reason? I just can. That's the way it is. Yeah, that would be a circular argument. They're, they're, answering, they're answering the exact question, that's, right? So they're using the, the question, beginning of the question to answer their question. Yeah. And you, and, and you can't do that. So what if somebody says something like this, and this is slightly sophisticated. They say, well, we're just very sophisticated artificial intelligence machines. That's all we are. And the reason we can reason is just because it looks like, um, you know, we have this freedom to think, but we don't actually. We're just very complex AI. Well, the, the Bible says in Psalm 14 that the fool says in his heart there is no God. We won't have time to break this up in this segment, <laughs> but yeah. here's really where it is. They use their God-given ability to reason, to reason that God does not exist. They can't have the reason without God, but they have the reason, and they say, well, God doesn't exist. That's why they're the fool, because they need the God-given ability to reason, to be able to reason that God doesn't exist. And we could break this down more. There's a way I usually argue uh, from the laws of logic. Well, I want to do this. this. I, I want to I talk this out a little bit further for our listeners and I think this is an interesting conversation. So um, we're going to be right back. Stay with us. My guests today are Dr. Anthony Silvestro and Pastor Andrew Rappaport. And uh, they're guys who are very well informed about the gospel, sharing the gospel, uh, and being able to prove that creation is true and also presuppositional apologetics. I want to recommend the book On the Origin of Kinds simply because, um, you know, the heart of these guys is discipleship, is um, hey, we want to raise up other leaders to be able to effectively communicate. Amen? Yep. Right? Amen. Amen. So stay with us. We'll be right back. 
How can you live in San Diego and miss out on enjoying the water? Fast Lane Kayaking sells popular Hobie Cat kayaks that you pedal, not paddle. That means your hands are left free for fishing and fun. Just throw these on your roof rack. They're light and they're easy to use and maintain. Just rinse them off. Try one free on a demo ride. For 36 years, Ron and Debbie Lane have served San Diego with fun, family-friendly water sports of all kinds. Learn more. FastLaneSailing.com. 619-222-0766. Hey, thanks for being with us today. I really appreciate you uh, hanging out here uh, after the 4th of July. And uh, this is Educate for Life Radio. I'm your host, Kevin Conover. My website's educateforlife.org. You can uh, go on to my website. There's all kinds of classes that you can take that will prepare you to be able to share the gospel. And I have some like-minded uh, individuals in the the uh, studio with me today. And uh, so Dr. Anthony Silvestro and Pastor Andrew Rappaport, uh, we've been talking about presuppositional apologetics and using it, just talking to a family member or whoever it might be. Um, so help us out, pick up where we left off on the last yeah, segment. So this is the way it usually works on the street. You always deal with someone who comes up and says, well, you know, they don't believe God exists. You're going you're gonna to talk about the immaterial things that physical matter can't create, like, say, the law of logic. And they'll, they'll say, because they have no other choice, they're going to say the laws of logic are the product of a human brain. Okay, let's, let's flesh it out. Before there were humans, we both agree there was a time before humans. You think millions of years, I think about 6,000 years, but we both agree there was a time before humans, right? Yes. Okay, let's take the second law of logic, which is the law of non-contradiction. Technically stated, you can't have A and not A at the same time, same way. Explained a different way so we can understand it. You can't have $20 in your wallet and not have $20 in your wallet at the same time the way. You could have monopoly money, and I'm speaking U.S. dollars. You could have had $20, but you don't now. That's the same way or the the same time. So I'll ask the question. Could the universe have existed and not existed in the same way at the same time before there was a human brain? Now they're stuck. They have one of two choices. They can say no, which then proves that the laws of logic are not the product of the human brain requiring some immaterial source that's universal and absolute outside of themselves. That would be God. That's an interesting argument. Or they're going to say yes, which they're allowing for contradictions, in which case you tell them they're wrong. They say, no, I'm right. And you say, no, you're wrong. No, I'm right. No, you're wrong. And you can't disagree with me because you've already agreed you allow for contradictions. Now, if you feel you're right and I'm wrong, it's only because you're living in my worldview and not your own. Wow, so either way, they're stuck. That's good. Okay. So it's really, um, the struggle I've had with this is just getting people to the point where their mind is starting to wrap around these concepts. Because I don't feel like our, I don't know if it's our educational system or whatever, doesn't place a heavy emphasis on logic and thinking clearly. Would you agree with that? I, I would. I think it's because people are heavily steeped in postmodernism, mm-hmm. in relativism. Yeah. And a, st- a story that I've shared recently is, Whenever I'm on a college campus and I have a college student, which is every time I'm on a college campus, by the way, yeah, tells me that they don't believe that truth exists, they don't believe in, in absolutes, that or your truth is your truth, my truth is my truth, right? The whole postmodernist mindset. Yeah, I ask them who taught them this, and they'll tell me, well, we've got professors that, that teach this. And I ask them this question, do your professors give you letter grades on your papers? The same professor who's telling you truth doesn't exist is giving you a, an absolute letter grade based on your answers. Yeah, yeah. Do you not see the issue here? Yeah, that's a little bit of hypocrisy there, right? <laughs> wow. That's right. Yeah. 
I know. None of life runs like that. But uh, so, so guys, before we're, we wrap things up here, I just wanted um, you to be able to share with our listeners a little bit more about what you're doing and if they opportunities for them to get involved with what you're doing or to support you or uh, maybe to be trained uh, to, to get some discipleship uh, for themselves. Well, to get involved, I mean, all the information is at strivingforturning.org. Okay. I'll let Dr. Svester talk about some of the seminars we do, but we, we come into churches. That's what we look to do. We come into churches to, to build up the church so we leave, but they're still they're equipped. We do it in a lot of different ways. We do it through seminars. We do it through our conferences that we run. We do it through our Striving for Training Academy, which is a free academy people can take online. We do it through our podcasts. Podcasts are, is a growing way of teaching. Yeah. And we so what we've done as a way of discipling is we're discipling podcasters. We have the Christian Podcast Community at christianpodcastcommunity.org. We have about like 10 to 15 podcasts now. And when I get back to New Jersey, we'll, I have like five more to add. But I have several podcasts. I have the, and I, I hate the name, it's corny, but he, he's the one that gave it to me. I got stuck <laughs> with it. My name's Andrew Rappaport. He decided to call it the Rap Report. So it's Andrew Rappaport's Rap Report. Um, I, I like it. I like it's it. rap with Good two job. P's. I had to <laughs> change you. it to two P's because people were emailing us. We share the gospel a lot in there. And people were like, this has nothing to do with rap music. Keep listening. All right, <laughs> rap, no. You'll hear something better than rap music. But but the thing is, is we're going to deal with biblical applications and interpretations to things in the Bible, things in culture. We're going to deal with issues. Now, I have a longer one. I have a Monday for people that like devotionals. I do a Monday through Friday, two-minute daily. For people that like those shorter type things, Yeah, I'll go through. I'm just getting ready. To, uh, when I get back, I'm going to start recording on going through each of the judges in two minutes. I've gone through every book of the Bible, giving an overview of every book of the Bible in two minutes. Oh, that's great. Went through all the attributes of God. So things that are going to help people in their study of God's word. Yeah. I do, um, for folks like yourself who love apologetics, Matt Slick from karm.org and I do a show every Thursday night live called Apologetics Live. And that's one of our podcasts that, that I host. And then I have, um, I have one called, So You Want to Be a Podcaster, which I think the name gives it away what it is. It's us training our podcasters in our community. Yeah. And how to so be more effective and all. Yeah. yeah. Because this is the thing. If you go, look, if you look at the in religion and spirituality, which is the number, it's twice as large as the next largest category in iTunes. You look at the top ones, you're going to get Joel Olstein, you're going to get, you know, Deep Rock Troka, you're going to get Joyce Meyer. You have to go way down before you get anyone solid. Yeah. And we want to change that. We want to get Christians. So here's our model with the Christian podcast community social media is all about self promotion. We want to train people to promote one another rather than promoting themselves. We think it's Christian. It's a crazy idea. Promoting others more than yeah, yourself, yeah. you know, but that's what we're looking to do. It's, it's a way of working with each other to make everyone else's podcast better, making each other have better content. We've, we've been able to do discipleship through this. That's how we do use the airwaves. But one of the big things we do is come into churches and our, our monthly supporters allow us to do that. And even into smaller churches, that's what we target. We target smaller churches that can't have yeah. big name speakers come in or do, do conferences or seminars. That's, that's the church we like because we can go in and give them, you know, and it's actually better because you work a little bit closer. And I'll let Dr. Svester talk about some of those. Yes, so there's three speakers for Strive for Eternity, myself, Pastor Andrew, and we have another one, Pastor Frank Mullis. Frank is really interesting. He comes in and talks about how to guard your church against pedophiles and and other sexual um, deviants, I guess would be the, the yeah. word for it. You might need to explain his background to why he deals with that. Well, he's, he's a counselor. He's, so. he's George's leading expert, right? One of the leading experts on sexual abuse. Oh, wow. Yeah. Right. So, okay. he, so unfortunately, most churches, they don't recognize they have a problem until the problem has occurred. Mm. 
and they've had a number of kids being abused within the church. Yeah. So Frank is developing some some programs right now on how to come into a church and guard against this. That's great. Because it's a whole lot more than just getting a, a credit check and a background yeah, check. Yeah, and, some, and there's a lot of legal implications there too, so that's a big deal. That's right. And in today's culture, it's more important than ever before. Well, what shocked us was when Frank said that about 90% of the people that get you, that you're going to catch on a fingerprint, it's a first-time offense. In other words, they've already committed multiple offenses uh, long yeah. before. Yeah, yeah. Right. So, so Frank speaks on those topics. Pastor Andrew, his... His uh, number one requested topic is is uh, on hermeneutics, so Bible interpretation made easy. And there's a number of pastors who who have taken his course and wish they would have had it before they went oh, to seminary. Yeah. Well, hermeneutics is such a huge issue today because this is a big part of the reason the church is going off in these wild, wild directions and wild tangents is just because of a lack of basic hermeneutics. That's right. Yeah. And then Andrew also has developed some wonderful biblical evangelism trainings. So we can come into churches and train people on how to do evangelism, whether they want to do open air or they want to learn how to walk through one-on-one conversations, or if they just want to learn how to sit back and pass out tracks or, or sit back and pray, right? I mean, yeah. these are all equally important. Exactly. Prayer, probably the most important of them all. And then I used to do creation science you know, seminars until he came in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he took it over. So obviously now I do the creation seminars and yeah. and I speak on all the creation topics that are major topics out there, as well as lay level precept apologetics. So what we've really enjoyed seeing with both my book as well as Pastor Andrew's books is that they're really written for even a middle schooler to understand. And there's a number of families around the country that have used either one or or two or three of the books in discipling their wives and their kids. That's in this fantastic. material. That's really great. So that's that's been wonderful for us. The other thing that I'm doing right now is I'm also working with Mike Riddle from Creation Training Initiative, who yeah. used to be a speaker with Answers in Genesis. And where his heart has been for years and where mine is and where Pastor Andrews is, is to be able to come into local churches and teach people how to teach. So Mike and I run seminars that are three days long where people that come in have already read books They've already got a lot of the information they need, but they're going to come in and we're going to teach them how to be effective teachers, how to use voice inflections, how to use uh, hand motions, how to stage the way the information is presented within their, within their seminars. We want people to be able to come in and learn bef- before they walk out at the end of the day. We want to be able to train teachers in how to do this stuff. So when somebody comes to one of our courses Half the time is actually going to be spent giving presentations where we're grading them on how to give the presentations and how to improve on their presentations so that they can take this back to their own church and be able to teach others properly. That's so great, yeah. I I, I really love uh, that aspect, that emphasis you guys are placing because um, you might have somebody who has a heart to be able to share. They really love apologetics. They love sharing the gospel, but they're scared deathly afraid of standing up in front of people and, and uh, you know, teaching. And that is so neat that you guys are doing that. And so if they, if they want uh, more information on that, they go to strivingforeternity.org? Strivingforeternity.org. And if they want the actual one-on-one training that we do over the three-day period, that mm-hmm. will be creationtraining.org. Okay. So you guys are kind of partnering with Mike Riddle and everything he's doing too. That's correct. That's fantastic. There's, there's no one better at that than Mike Riddle. Yeah, yeah. I, I've heard he makes people do push-ups and stuff. Are you guys going to do that too, make people do push-ups on it? You know, <laughs> I, I'm not as mean as Mike. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so uh, instead of push-ups, 
I told him that I'll make people run laps since I'm a soccer coach. Okay, there we go. There we go. Yeah, he's got the military background, right? So Yeah, that's go. right. And do not tell him that he used to be a Marine because once you're a Marine, you are always, always a, Marine. a Marine. That's right. That's right. <laughs> well, guys, we're about out of time here. So I just really want to thank you for uh, being on the program today. And you guys have got flights tomorrow out of here. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So. Head back to New York tomorrow. Okay. But thanks, thanks for having us on. It, it Thank r- you. Really, I mean, it just goes so quick when you have like-minded, kindred spirit. Yeah, it's folks. easy, easy to have a conversation. So. This is what heaven's going to be like. Yeah, exactly. Just for a lot longer. Exactly. That's right. <laughs> so, guys, uh, again, if you want to check out this book, it's on the origin of kinds. You can get it at strivingforeternity.org. And uh, thanks again, guys, for being on the program. Thank thanks you for having okay, us. Take care. Did you miss part of today's program? Don't worry, we're committed to helping you get the info you need. Okay, that was dumb. But for real, visit EducateForLife.com for podcasts and video recordings of the show and to sign up for the School of Unshakable Faith. Leave us your comments, compliments, questions, or concerns at 800 243